0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Ellman with the Department of Communication. Today, we're going to give you all the tools you need to help patients cope with mental health challenges during COVID-19. Before we do that, be sure to get caught up on any episode of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find them on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. New episodes are also included as part of the headlines we can review. With that, let's discuss the COVID-19 Mental Health Toolkit for Providers, which was developed to assist healthcare workers as they navigate increased distress in their patients. To talk about the toolkit, we're joined by Drs. Angela Fish and Leslie Swanson, both with the Department of Psychiatry. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, let's start with Leslie. What was the impetus for creating this toolkit or website?
1: Thank you for having Dr. Fish and I on today, Uh, Dan, we really appreciate it. Um, We know that pandemics and quarantines cause a significant increase in mental health and substance use issues. And for all of us, the COVID-19 pandemic is a collective chronic stressor. And we are already seeing significant increases in mental health conditions as a result of the pandemic, including things like post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, and substance abuse. And this is just gonna continue as the pandemic is ongoing and lasts, unfortunately, for years after the pandemic ends. Um, We also know that some of the effects of the pandemic include uh, greater rates of domestic violence and interpersonal violence, including child and elder abuse, because of social distancing, um, in part, and. Unfortunately, mental health specialty care has been stretched to its limits in terms of capacity even prior to the pandemic. And um, our chair of our department was anticipating that we might want to serve the needs of the greater um, health healthcare community by creating some resources that they could use to help them manage mental health issues in their um, patients, in part because we think a lot of these um, issues are gonna be observed by primary care providers first and foremost. That was the reason why we decided to create a toolkit for healthcare providers who are not experts in mental health. So that they have a one-stop shop resource at their fingertips that they can use to, uh, to access concrete resources to help them manage patients who have mental health conditions.
0: So, who was involved in the creation of this toolkit?
2: We had a an excellent group of colleagues that helped with this, and we are beyond thankful to all of them. It was a multidisciplinary team of people um, throughout the Department of Psychiatry um, that made great contributions to the to the toolkit.
0: Yeah. now, I know Leslie may have touched on this already, but who's the primary target audience that you're looking for 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 you know taking in this toolkit and putting it into motion?
1: Our target audience are non-mental health specialists, so a broad spectrum of, of health care providers who don't have necessarily expertise in mental health care, and also trainees in the mental health care field might also find this toolkit to be useful.
0: Great. Uh, now, what should primary care providers know about the mental health impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic that we're obviously in the middle of right now and don't necessarily know when it's going to end?
2: Yeah, I think the, you know, primary thing to keep in mind is that it's important to ask patients at at every visit now and probably for the next couple of years, kind of how they're doing and how they, they coped, are coping with or have coped with um, the pandemic. It's, it's such a huge stressor and we are all impact impacted and it's not going to go away just when the pandemic ends that stress.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's the most important thing right that this could be years-long impact where it's just you know the second that that it's declared over whoever declares it to be over that doesn't mean that mental health issues are going to just magically disappear right
2: yeah that it's just most important to ask you know the ask the questions and we wanted to create this resource so that providers who aren't mental health experts would have a ready resource of how to ask those kinds of questions and what to do once they, if they get answers back that indicate that somebody needs more help, how can they help them? What can they do next?
0: Yeah. Now talking about the toolkit itself, you know, what sort of resources are in it and how is it organized?
1: So we have it organized um, with with screening tools as sort of the first thing that you'll see when you access the site. And that's to piggyback on something that Angela said, which is that we really think screening needs to be of a high high importance for for providers at the outset of meeting with people in their practice. So we have the screening tools first, and then we do break down um, the toolkit in by Population so uh, by age, so adult, child, geriatric. We have further subsections that focus on special populations and communities that are harder hit by the pandemic. For example, the Black and African American community has been significantly negatively impacted by the pandemic. So we have a special section on. Um, on mental health care and identifying mental health issues in that specific population and other specific communities. We also have a section uh, with scripts so that providers can easily pull up um, a a set of questions that they can use to ask um, patients to identify certain issues, like if there might be some neglect or abuse issues, um, as well as scripts to help providers manage stress in the office um, with their patients. We also have um, handouts that uh, can be accessed through the Michigan Medicine Clearinghouse. Angela, is there anything, I'm sure I'm missing something because it's a a comprehensive resource.
2: I think um, you know the other kind of resources that are available there are uh, links to other um, helpful toolkits and and resources like the MC3 um, website, um, which is the um, a website designed to help um, it, and to actually. Uh, that more than a website, a whole program designed to help pediatric providers um, care for patients. And they have um, psychiatrists at the ready for consult if, the, if um, they have a patient who is struggling uh, or who they are struggling to treat who can't get in for specialty care right now, um, that they can consult about specific patients. And they have also a wealth of other resources available there. Um, I think we also have um, links to different podcasts that have been created, um, the mental health minute um, podcasts, um, as well as um, some different videos, some of which offer CE credits um, available as well.
0: So is, is just the sheer comprehensiveness of this resource, is that what sets it apart from some other mental health resources or are there other ways that it sort of stands out from the crowd?
2: Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest piece. I, I Most of the, there, there is like this wealth of resources available kind of post-pandemic, uh, but uh, most of them I think are driven towards patients rather than mm-hmm. towards providers too. And we really tried to, to create this as a tool for providers. The, the Department of Psychiatry also has resources that are specific, specifically directed for patients as well. Um, but this was really driven for providers and to create that one-stop shop um, where they can get everything that they need uh, right there. I don't know if there's anything else you think I missed, Leslie.
1: Um, I do think also the the um, emphasis on this, the uh, communities that are hardest hit by the pandemic, I think that's a unique aspect of this resource that we do focus on different diverse populations and, and how to address mental health needs within those populations.
2: Yeah, we know interpersonal violence and substance use and um, you know, and child abuse and all of that is, is increasing. And all of that information is there as well. It's, it's How to ask questions to get at whether those things are happening and, um, and then what to do about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, if our faculty and staff want to access this toolkit, how can they go about doing so?
2: So there's a website um, address, which is mishmed.org slash provider toolkit. And you can also access it through a link on the Department of Psychiatry's website as well.
0: Outstanding. Well, thank you so much, Angela and Leslie, for sharing this crucial information. If you want to learn more about the website or toolkit, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. While you're there, check out the featured stories from this week. For instance, there was a tasty treat on Thursday as Michigan Medicine faculty and staff shared their best holiday recipes. Readers also took a look back at the virtual service awards presentation, which recognized veteran staff members for reaching longevity milestones at U of M. Finally, there was a closer look at Michigan Medicine lodging and a team that helped parents keep an eye on their kids' health during the pandemic. Find all that and much more at mmheadlines.org. All right, it's time for the weekly trivia contest. Last week, we asked listeners, how many page views have the Michigan Health and Michigan Health Lab blogs racked up this fiscal year? The answer is 9.8 million. Congratulations to Cynthia Winnie, a business analyst with HITS, who sent in the correct answer. Cynthia, a member of the Department of Communication, will be in touch shortly to help you claim your prize. If you want to learn more about the toolkit, you can go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. And while you're there, you could check out other featured stories from this week. For instance, there was a tasty treat on Thursday as Michigan Medicine faculty and staff shared their best holiday recipes. Readers also took a look back at the virtual service awards presentation, which recognized veteran staff members for reaching longevity med- milestones at U of M. Finally, there was a closer look at Michigan Medicine Lodging and a team that helped parents keep an eye on their kids' health during the pandemic. Find all of that and more at mmheadlines.org. All right, it's time for the weekly trivia contest. Last week, we asked listeners, how many page views have the Michigan Health and Michigan Health Lab blogs racked up this fiscal year? The answer is 9.8 million. Congratulations to Cynthia Winnie, a business analyst with HITS, who sent in the correct answer. Cynthia, a member of the Department of Communication, will be in touch shortly to help you claim your prize. Now for this week's question. This year's Service Awards recognized how many longtime staff members? Once again, this year's Service Awards recognized how many longtime staff members? You can find the answer in this week's headline story. And once you know it, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a prize. the time we have for this episode just a quick note as we take next week off in honor of thanksgiving i just wanted to share how thankful we are for all of our viewers and listeners who have stuck with us through the pandemic we hope we've been able to bring you important information that can help you do your jobs just a little bit better leslie and angela thank you so much for being here and as always thank you to all of our listeners and viewers for everything you do for patients families and each other we'll see you soon